0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We are beginning a new series of messages called Stories with Intent. In honor of Father's Day, today's story is about a father whose rebellious sons broke his heart and how this story applies to our lives Please stay with us for our message entitled, The World's Greatest Father. Since it's Father's Day, I
1: thought it would be appropriate to look at a story about the world's greatest father as we begin our summer series on the parables of Jesus, entitled Stories with Intent. I hope you'll stay with us. We begin our service today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Almighty God and Father, we praise you this day for your faithfulness and your goodness and your love. You proved your love for us in that while we were still sinners, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Thank you for your sacrificial love. Amen. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Luke chapter 15 beginning at verse 11. Then Jesus said there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father father give me my share of the property that will belong to me. So the father divided his property between them. A few days later and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger? I'll get up, go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion, and he ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to celebrate now his elder son was in the field and when he came and approached the house he heard music and dancing he called one of the slaves and asked what was going on he replied your brothers come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound then the older son became angry and refused to go in His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you, and I never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, You're always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has become but a life. He was lost and has been found.
2: Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. The clouds of sin and sadness Drive the dark of doubt away Giver of immortal gladness Fill us with the light of day All thy works with joy surround the earth And heaven reflect thy rays. Stars and angels sing around the center of unbroken praise, field and forest, vale and mountain, flowery meadow, flashing sea, chanting bird and flowing fountain, call us to
1: Today is the day many of us honor and remember fathers. It's Father's Day. There are cards and t-shirts and coffee mugs that are being given away to dads all around the world which say such things as, thanks, dad, I love you, dad. You're the world's greatest dad. Many of us, myself included, have had great dads. I know I've been blessed with a wonderful father. He's shown me such unconditional love over the years. And he provided for me so faithfully as I was growing up. And he continues to be an encourager and a friend and a source of wisdom to this very day as he approaches the ripe old age of 88. But as great as my dad is, he would be the first to say that he's far from perfect. We fathers all have our imperfections and shortcomings in love and in life. Some are easily seen and others are buried deep inside of us. We are all sinful creatures. Now, I know that as I talk about fathers, I need to be mindful that it's a very different story for some people than the story I've had with my dad. For some people, whose every thought about their earthly father is one of pain, I want you to know this. There is the grace and love of God for you in our Abba, Father. We see Jesus telling us that today, as he draws a story picture of the world's greatest father in our passage. It's probably one of the more popular, well-known parables of Jesus. Some call it the prodigal son, others call it the lost sons, but I propose calling this parable the story of the prodigal father. After all, prodigal means extravagant, lavish, spendthrift, generous, and that exactly describes the father in this parable. This story, by the way, is told in response to the grumbling of the religious people who were horrified, as they observed Jesus welcoming tax collectors and other elements of society they considered low-lifes. And he even sat at a table and ate with them. Everyone knew what crooks these tax collectors were, and the Pharisees and scribes couldn't believe that this man of God, Jesus, would give them the time of day, much less have table fellowship with them. Table fellowship was a pretty important thing in that day. It implied acceptance. They called his actions and his character into question because he did this. Jesus, aware of their grumbling, their criticism, told them three parables, one about a lost sheep, another about a lost coin, and then finally the parable we have today about a father who had two sons, and both of these sons broke the father's heart. The first son broke his father's heart. He was a younger one. He rebelled, he wanted his independence, and decided he didn't want to live under dad's roof any longer. And he said, give me my share of the inheritance, which is the same as saying to his dad, I want you dead. He was selfish and insulting and hurtful towards his father when he demanded this. Surprisingly though, the father gives in to him, putting the whole farming operation in jeopardy by doing that. You see, he had to liquidate his assets to do it. His wealth was in the property. It would have been one-third of the property and goods that would need to be liquidated, and this would hurt the father and the eldest son as well, creating a hardship for them. But he does it. The son goes off and squanders it in a faraway country. A famine hits, he winds up destitute, takes a job feeding pigs for a local farmer, which is about as low as a Jewish kid could get. He started thinking about home and how good those that were at home had it. And he comes to his senses and he puts together an I'm sorry speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Let me work for you as a hired hand. And he starts the long walk towards home. Not sure what kind of reception he was going to get. After what he'd done, his father had every right to drive him away. And consider him dead to the family. But as the sun is nearing the house, he sees a figure running towards him. It's his father, who had seen the sun coming off in the distance. It appears that his father had looked off into the horizon and saw his son's familiar walk. And as he got closer, he knew it was his son. He had compassion and ran to the boy, which was an undignified thing for a man like him to do. Kids and young people run, not an older man with a reputation to protect. He'd have to lift his robe up to run and expose his bare legs to everyone. How undignified the children of the community would have giggled at the sight. You need to know, though, he ran because he had to get there before anyone else could who might have seen the boy and started throwing rocks at him, since his leaving was an insult to the whole community. The father embraced him, kissed him before his son could even fall down before him and humbly beg. The first part of the rehearsed speech left the boy's lips, but his father broke in and wouldn't let him finish, saying to the servants that had followed him down the road, "'Quick, get the best robe!' The signet, ring, and sandals, butcher the fatted calf, and let's invite the entire village to celebrate with me, for this son of mine was lost, now is found. Amazing. I mean, it was only for really special occasions that they would eat meat back then. The father was pulling out all the stops. Note the extravagance here. He doesn't forgive the way we tend to forgive sometimes. We'd prefer the father to be gracious, but not overly so. We'd rather have him say, Yeah, we're glad to have you home, son. Now let's do away with the left earring. Let's have a bit more responsibility out of you. Go in and have a meal and let's talk about your application to law school. But the father doesn't do that, does he? He just celebrates. The forgiveness of this father is spendy and reckless, and it's amazing, it's crazy. The lost son is found and welcomed with open arms and thrown a party, though we did not deserve it. But the story isn't over. Remember, the man had two sons, and the older son came in from the fields hearing all the music and celebrating and all these people coming in and out of the house, and he asked one of the servants in the front yard, what's going on in here? The servant tells him about his younger brother coming home and that the father has killed the fatted calf. He's so happy about this, and he gets furious. He refuses to come into the house thus embarrassing his father in front of the community. And when his father comes out to him and pleads with him to join the celebration, the older son tells him off. Telling him it's not fair. Telling him he hasn't treated him well. The younger one had done harm, squandered everything away, and now it's going to cost him having him home again. And what's left of the property is probably going to be divided again. And as he blurts all of this hurtful language out at his dad, we learn that While the boy stayed home, he was just as lost as the younger brother. He felt he deserved to have a say in all of this. And we discover he wasn't working out of love for the father. He was working for a reward for payback for himself. But even after all this, the father pleads son. You're always with me, and all I have is yours, but we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was lost and is found, was dead, and is now alive. This father shows such patience and grace and love towards that rude, disrespectful elder son, even though he's receiving no respect and honor from him. It's extravagant, unexplainable love and grace being shown. And Jesus ends the parable there with the elder son standing outside of the house and the father pleading for him to come in. Jesus doesn't tie this story up neatly with a happy ending. We don't know if the elder son goes in. We need to remember who Jesus is addressing It's the self-righteous religious folks, the elder brother types, that were horrified that he'd give these dirty, crooked tax collectors a time of day. It's as if he's saying to them, the kingdom of God has come. These folks have figured it out. They've come home, rejoice, come in and join us and celebrate God's grace. And there we have it, from the lips of Jesus himself, We have a prodigal heavenly father whose extravagant love welcomes sinners who come home to him even though they do not deserve it. In fact, he actually celebrates our return even after all we've done to him with our sinfulness and rebellion, how we've thumbed our nose in his face. It's amazing, crazy when you think about it. The love he shows and that my friends is why he deserves the title of the world's greatest father. Our Heavenly Father gives us all in all to sinful fathers and mothers and sons and daughters. There is an extravagant gift of forgiveness and grace that is being offered to every sinful person who turns to Him. Trusting in his Son Jesus Christ, and remember that even though God gives it freely, it also is costly to him. The Father's true Son, Jesus, who truly loved the Father from the beginning, came after us to bring us home. He lived the life of the perfect Son, who obeyed his Father's will all the way to the end, and God gave him to us to save us from our sin. And Jesus paid for our debt ultimately at the cross to cover our sinfulness. And on that cross, he experienced the rejection we deserved. And we hear him cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Tim Keller writes, if after a service some Sunday morning, one of the members of my church comes to me and says, I never want to see you or talk to you again, I'd feel pretty bad. But if today my wife or my lifelong best friend came up to me and said, I never want to see you or talk to you again, I would be devastated. The longer the love, the deeper the love, the greater the torment of its loss. But the forsakenness experienced by Christ on the cross, the relational loss was between the father and the son who had loved each other from all eternity. Jesus was experiencing judgment day. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It wasn't a rhetorical question. The answer is, for you, for me, for us, all of us. Jesus was forsaken by God so that we would never have to be. The judgment that should have fallen on us fell instead on Jesus. What prodigal love The Father is showing us. And Jesus rose again. He lives to give us his inheritance. Eternal life with God. Freely offering it to us as a gift. The central focus and wonder of this parable, my friends, is not so much on the faithlessness and sinfulness of humanity. There's no surprise there but it's on the faithfulness and love of God the Father. He's the main character in all three acts of the drama, and the most remarkable aspect of the story is his unexpected, undeserved, extravagant love. That is the Father in this parable. Extravagant. And Jesus said, that is your God, your Heavenly Father. This parable is meant to remind me of a favorite saying I came across years ago, which goes like this, the gospel is this, you're more sinful than you dared believe and more loved than you dared hope. That's what the prodigal son story or the prodigal God story is all about. It's the gospel truth. Believe it, trust it, build your life on it. It's told in hopes of getting a response from people like you and me. Some are far away and lost in our rebellion and independence, thinking, I can do life without you, God. I don't need you. You're like the first son. Come home is the message. Jesus is showing you what awaits you, a loving father who will receive you. Some are far away because they've gotten carelessly lost, listening to other voices. They've thoughtlessly strayed away. And this story is to wake us up, come home to the father who loves you. And some of us are far away from God in our self-righteousness. You're religious. You keep the rules, but you're still sitting in the darkness, keeping your father at arm's length, trying to control your own eternal destiny, thinking, I've done a lot of good. God owes me. Friend, that's as much of a dead end as the first son. The encouragement from Jesus is simply this, give that thinking up, put down your religious trophies, come home empty-handed to your father and freely welcome his, and receive his welcoming grace. You see, the bottom line of this parable is, no matter who you are, what you've done, the world's greatest father loves you. He loves you so much he gave his son to die for you. And if you've come home, enjoy the party enjoy the father's presence in your life trust him and if you find yourself identifying as one of these two sons far away from the father the parable says you can come home your father is waiting to receive you into his loving arms so come home and come home to him now and you will be glad you did amen Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen.
0: You've been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to realize your lost condition. Give up your trophies and come home to your heavenly father who receives you joyfully with arms wide open. Christian Crusaders is a non Christian ministry supported entirely by gifts from our listeners and other supporters. Many people do not realize that we must purchase airtime and online space. If you enjoyed today's message, we ask you to share the program with others. If you are in a position to do so, please consider a financial gift to help ensure the ministry will continue for years to come. Your gifts and prayers are extremely important to us. Send your gifts to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. Or you can visit us online at christiancrusaders.org. All donations are considered tax-deductible. christiancrusaders.org is a very useful and vibrant source of spiritual help. It features this week's program in both audio, visual, and printed form, and has a resource for prayer support sermon messages can be searched by date, scriptural text, speaker, and keywords. Please take the opportunity to visit us online today at christiancrusaders.org. We feel blessed that you have chosen to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday as well. Conducting today's service was our speaker, Pastor Steve Kramer. Christian Crusaders has been broadcasting biblical truth continuously since 1936. From all of us at Christian Crusaders, may you have a blessed, God-filled week.